He is going to drop the throw. Fires deep along the right sideline for Alec, Alec Pierce. Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown! Touchdown! Alec Pierce spikes it into the end zone. Touchdown! I-N-D-Y! A 32-yard grab over the shoulder snag. Good evening, everybody. It is the crew. We are back this Saturday with a nice uh Surprise for everybody with a special guest. We have James Boyd over here, uh, Colts writer from The Athletic. Uh, DeMarco's probably got the better uh, introduction for him, but I hope everybody's doing well tonight. Yeah, so good evening, everybody. Uh, we have our special guest on, as Matt has said. Uh, has come a long way, starting out at the University of uh, Illinois and worked his way up there. from there. Um, most recently spent his time as the uh, – a beat writer for the Indiana Pacers, so our uh, home, other hometown team here for most you Indiana Pacers fans, and is currently the staff writer for the Athletic, covering the Indianapolis Colts. So thanks for coming on, James. We appreciate uh, having you on. Thanks for having me. Obviously, uh, it was cool when you reached out. I know it's pretty funny people do that on Twitter, and I'm like, eh, like I got to vet it first. But you all seem pretty cool, and it was. Uh, Exciting to join, and obviously, it's pretty slow now. But I'm sure in two or three weeks we'll be uh, all over the timeline arguing over what we think is best for the direction of the team. So I'm excited to talk to you all about it. Most definitely. <clears throat> so, uh, won't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started uh, going in here for everybody that didn't know what we're going to do tonight? So tonight we're going to be breaking down the most underrated. Um, players in history from uh, we're going to go from quarterback all the way down to um, tight end and defensive back. So there'll be about five positions there. Uh, and then, yeah, James, you can go ahead from there. Just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So as you all know, I currently cover the Indianapolis Colts. I got my start actually in sports journalism when I was a student at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Down there with the Illini, they were not good when I was there in football or basketball. They were pretty bad. So I guess you become a better writer when you have to continue to find stories where you're covering not teams that aren't good. Um, so I started doing that in college towards my sophomore, junior year. I majored in broadcast journalism, actually. Thought I'd be doing more reporting live and things like that, you know, standing somewhere and telling you what's going on. But that camera was too heavy. So um, I switched real quick because I was like, I'm too skinny for this. I'm not continuing this. That's a real life fact. I was thinking to myself, nah, I can't carry this around for 20 years. Not going to happen. And I didn't, I didn't like editing like that much. I figured, you know, just editing, sitting at a desk and, and using all those things to move video clips around. And if your card gets corrupted, you're out of luck. Like I just didn't, you know, finish my degree out in it, but I went more print. So um, from there, got my first job in the real world as a high school sports reporter in Northwest Indiana, the Times of Northwest Indiana. We call it the region. I tell those kids all the time, they changed my life. Covering them is what gave me my reputation, I guess, around the state. Ended up going back to my alma mater to cover them for six months as I got a promotion at my first job. And then uh, left there after six months in Champaign-Urbana as an adult. Went and covered the Pacers for nine months. And then after that, came over to the Athletics to cover the Colts. So it was about two and a half years I was doing high school sports. And then after that, it, it really took off. I mean, next month will be one year at the Athletic. It's the first time I've had the same job for a full year in like two or three years. So I'm excited to be somewhere where um, I don't have to continue to change uh, who I'm in contact with and things like that or relearn a team, relearn a different, you know, uh, sport. So excited for what's coming year two is uh, we get ready for the Anthony Richardson show. 
Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard you had some things to say about Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know the story, I guess I could tell it here. But, yeah, yeah. we were at um, the Combine here in Indianapolis. And no disrespect to him, I think he's a great dude. But we were in um, this media scrum, and everyone was, you know, just asking all these questions that were not really, in my opinion, related to football too much. I think someone asked him what was his nickname he was growing up. He's like, oh, I called myself Cam Jackson because I was – people call, people yeah. called me Cam yeah. Jackson. Yeah, seen that one. And so – and that's cool. That's fine. I think that's important to find out, you know, get to know a guy. But I felt like I was kind of one of the few people there who was willing to at least acknowledge that, A, you weren't Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson in college. You were not a Heisman winner. You weren't a first-time All-American. You're not – you know, you – you could be a future MVP, but those guys have won MVPs already. So I just asked him, I said, hey, you know, Anthony, what can you bring a team right now versus in the future? Because some teams view you as a project quarterback. And I don't think he heard anything before project quarterback, especially the part that, about teams viewing him as that, because I don't know the guy. I don't know what to you as. And so he had me repeat the question like four or five times. Um, I, thought, I think he thought that I wouldn't ask it again, but I did. And he just crushed it. He's like, I don't even know what that means. And I'm like, Great talk. And then they go to the next guy, and the other guy asked him, hey, you were a one-time or one-year starter at Florida. What are teams saying about your inexperience? And then he just turns from that guy and points to me, and he's like, well, that guy called me a project, so I guess I got room to grow, this and that. And everyone starts laughing, and it's like a little bit of there. And so, yeah, it was Damn. A, a bit of an awkward moment, but not something where I was, like, embarrassed and like that. Yeah. The funny part about journalism being in those settings is, you know, I asked a real question. I felt like that wasn't, you know, this softball, um, maybe not the nicest question. And <coughs> go back and read everyone's story from that day. They're not using the Cam Jackson quote. Um, they're using the quote that I got where he's saying, you know, I don't know what a project quarterback means, all that type of stuff. So it was pretty funny because people laugh at you for the question, but they use the response in their story. Yeah. Like, well, how come you didn't ask it? If you, if you yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and so to, I guess to pull it all full circle, when he got drafted, which was hilarious because when I asked him the question, I did not think the coach were going to draft him because the Bears hadn't traded up yet and all that stuff, or traded back yet, rather. And so um, when he got picked, I remember putting out a, like a gift tweet or something, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, like, this is going to be so awkward. And so I just owned it. When he uh, when he came here, Indianapolis, first in-person interview, I was like, hey, I'm the guy who called you a project or asked you about being a project quarterback. He's like, hey, I remember. And um, that was a little funny moment. His entire family was in the room. The media room just started busting out laughing. But I asked a better question at that time around about being, you know, sort of the unknown as far as what he's capable of. But then also knowing that you were not picked because you were great in college. Like you were there were moments that you were great, but you weren't great overall. And he gave a great answer about, you know, comparing himself to Tom Brady, not in the sense of like being as great as him right now, but the work ethic and trying to get to that level someday. So um, I actually think it made our relationship a little bit better, you know? And so we're looking forward to meeting him more and seeing him more on a day-to-day -day basis come camp time. <laughs> He's got that uh, Colts chip on his shoulder, pretty much like uh... – Zaire Franklin and, and Shaq Leonard. That's the yeah, way they are. I think Shaq is the most intense for sure. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Shaq was yelling at me in the locker room like three weeks into the job last year. And so that was pretty intense. But I think in our field, if you're really serious about it, you learn how to take anything personal. And um, I think if you're going to ask players to give you real responses and stuff, when you write something or say something about them and they 
give you a real reaction, that's fine. Like, I, I think that's uh, I think that's fair game. So um, I enjoy that stuff. It's just you can't shy away from it. You can't say something crazy. And then when they come around, you switch up. So um, yeah. I've kept the same energy. I've gotten, I guess, wiser with how I phrase certain questions. Maybe I won't use the project word, the P word anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. And Anthony Richardson's a good dude. So no complaints there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sounds like a humbling situation <laughs> for both of oh, yeah. us. I, mean, sure. I mean, when you – and that's kind of what I was getting at is like, dude, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how much they might love you because they drafted you. And I'm not rooting against the guy at all. Like, I hope he succeeds because he seems like a great dude. But I have to be a realist, right? Like, they did not draft you. They took, they said this themselves. Ed Dodd, the um, assistant general manager, said it himself. He was like, we didn't – you know, I was out on this guy. He didn't play enough. And so they did not draft you because you were a great player in college. They drafted you because they think you can be a great player. Right. That's the difference. And so um, it can go both ways, though, because, like, Tim Tebow was great in college, but everyone knew he wasn't going to be that great in the pros, right? And the, it's yeah. the opposite for Richardson. Like, you weren't great in college, but with your skill set, what you can bring to the table, you can be potentially, you know, a great quarterback. So I'm excited to document all of it and have people from the start. Yeah, that's definitely uh, – I, I like to hear that from your uh, perspective as well because a lot of the times fans like to sit there, you know, we like to talk our crap and comment and say stuff about players. But it's different when you're sitting in that fire and you sit in front of a player pace pace, and, he calls, yeah. and he calls you back out on your crap and then you're yeah. sitting there like because uh, you didn't think he was going to say something. Like yeah, I, just saw, no. I just saw that thing where uh, those fans had a um, one of those Twitter rooms up and they were talking about Kevin Durant sucks. Yep. Yeah. And KD jumped into their, their group and started talking. And it went from them just chattering to them just listening to what Kevin yeah. Durant had to say. So it gets real. You actually in somebody's face. And I like to yeah that response. And, and you still bring in the same uh, attention and, and detail to it that too. you had from it. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Damon just hit it on the head. I think with anything, I think as a man, you got to keep the same energy. Um, there's always a respect level there. Like you can't go completely off the handle, even when you're critical. But I think I've gained respect throughout my career because I haven't been too one way or the other. Like I'm not gonna seek out negativity, but I'm also not gonna, you know, do fluff pieces every yeah. you know week because yes. you aren't performing. Right? If you aren't performing, we are that group day, that appreciates. Yeah. Yeah. We're not And we joke about that, but man, like. If you're the writer for the Colts.com, you know, we, we would joke with uh, DJ uh, Stefanski last year because after the Minnesota game, he has to write like the pro Colts angle <laughs> after that game. And so we're looking yeah. at him like, Stuff. what are you even going to ask? What, what can you possibly write that's a positive from this game? And we had a great first half. <laughs> we put up over 30 <laughs> right, points. Right, which is what <laughs> focusing on some fucking things play or something like that. But that's what I enjoy about being an, an independent journalists is like i don't have to you know sugarcoat it if you play bad i can say it. i'm not gonna kill you for it but i'm definitely not gonna you know hold any punches yeah, like just that. the fact you well you give what? honest you know praise for that like when they knocked off kansas city and that was something where i had to give them props for that so um yeah i'm excited for this season because i think there's going to be a lot more of that because there's going to be so much i think ups and downs at the quarterback position because of how raw richardson is whenever he gets in there and then just real quick, so uh, you've been covering the Colts since last season, this, my first year. So this is my second season. year I'm going into. Yeah. So oh, so you um, must have had okay, fun so. writing all the negativity. Yeah. Have is that um, you know, Zach Kiefer, Mike Chappell, Stephen yeah. Holder, 
Joel Erickson, Nate Atkins, you know, George Brimmer, all the guys who are in the locker room with me, Kevin Bowen, um, not locker room, I'm sorry, the media room with me, they all told me how it would go. And they, oh, it's, it, this is how the NFL goes. And this is how the rookie season is going to go. You can expect this and that. And then it literally went completely left. And so um, I think one of the biggest honors, I guess, or one of the funniest moments is when you got Mike Chappell, who's covered the team since they've been here. I think this is going to be his 40th season. Wow. He's saying like, uh, yeah, James, uh, you and me, we've both never experienced anything like this. And so that was, was pretty rough. Crazy. But um, I think because of that, now looking at where the team is at the moment, you can expect a lot more stability going forward because they're not going to change, you know, coaches or quarterback or anything like that anytime soon. So, um, yeah, I got thrown in the fire, learned a lot, learned it fast. And now I'm hoping for, at least from that aspect, a smoother season. Like, just let me deal with, like, the on-field stuff, and I prefer that any day. Maybe a couple wins this year, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going mean, to lie. That wins is obviously a lot easier than the one that, that loses. But I think – they have it in their heads. Like you just got to see progress. I don't think I, I picked them to win five games, six at the most. I could maybe see seven, but it's not going to be a playoff team. I don't think. No, um, no so you gotta we think we're in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, we've all said it multiple times. No way. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because uh, yeah, well, I was going to ask you your opinion on them because I didn't know if you could actually give your uh, your idea of what that team will actually oh, yeah. look like because we've had that same idea because. Um, I don't know if you maybe see me posted or not, but we went through predicting the entire season. And oh, as wow. we are, as we are a Colts show, if you can see our comments here, Colts ended up with 10 wins. And I posted around I posted around to a bunch of Facebook groups and they're just sitting there killing like, I mean, overall, they they fans are gonna have their own idea, but uh people will try and kill us for the Colts ended up with 10 wins. I'm like, hey. I promise you, every guy that you've seen on this show is <laughs> not expecting that. So if you think no. we're going to have three, four, five, six wins, then more power to you. Right. That's what we agree with you. Be, being, a wins, we so. being a wow. cult show and we included all the viewers in the votes. So we had about eight to 12 votes oh, man. <laughs> for, for every single game of, of the season, not just Colts. Diversity, uh, optimism to start the season. Yeah, there was clear bias yeah. going on with Andy, <laughs> and then with teams like people hating on Tennessee, people not voting for New England. I still yeah. hate Tennessee. <laughs> the good news is our fan base is feeling good. All right, yeah. no, they're, they're optimistic. I think that you all are in a good spot because you at least have a direction now. Like, I think that was the problem last year and in the years past is you just don't know, and if you didn't have the playoffs success. It's like, well, what is all this for? Like, what timeline are we on? And I think this year is going to be very pivotal because you got Richardson, but then you also have a lot of guys who are on different timelines when it comes to like Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, mm-hmm. Shaq Leonard. And it's like, okay, what do you do? Because realistically, if Richardson, even if he is your guy, he's not going to be, you know, a pro bowler, I don't think, like in year two. So you would have to imagine that at some point you got to look at moving on from some guys get some draft capital in return and building it around what you hope is your franchise quarterback. And I think that he has all the things to be that guy. Now, if he becomes that, it's a whole different story. You know, it can go either way. Potential is a backhanded compliment. Like it means you could be something, but also means you can't be something. So we'll see. Would you say that the stability like that you see this season around the team is significantly different than last year, whatever you're reporting? I would say, it has to be right because of the the coaching changes. I mean, there was a three or four week stretch there where, you know, the office of coordinator is gone, the coach is gone, the, coach, the QB's getting changed again, and 
they played three different starting quarterbacks, which is insane for NFL season. And so I think that just by default, it has to be a more stable season. Now, if Shane Sykin is the right guy for the job, is Richardson the right quarterback? I'm not sure, but I feel pretty good about where they're at. And I think Shane Sykin um, has a chance to prove himself not only as like a offensive guru, but just an overall head coach and what he could command and what he could demand from his players. He seems very much like literally like football and family. You know, no guys say that as a cliche, but he is truly all of those things. Like I, I think that he's going to have the shortest press conferences of any head coach in the league this year because he doesn't put any fluff on it. He just gives you straight answers or he sidesteps the question because he doesn't want to answer it, doesn't want to address it. Which is fine, but it was um, the Chris Ballard effect. <laughs> and I was yeah, a lot know. different than Frank Reich. It's the Chris Ballard <laughs> duck. And people get on Frank Reich, but the thing about it is, and, and you all know this, if you win, it, it, it solves everything. It, everything is forgiven. So it's like Nick Sirianni, people can hate his style as like, he's so outward and emotional and all that. But if right. they win, nobody cares. Doesn't you can matter. Be super quiet like Bill Belichick. And if you win, nobody cares. But the moment you don't win is when you get critiqued for all the other stuff. So, um, and, and he doesn't sound like a guy, Shane Sykin, that is. He doesn't want to be a guy who obviously isn't winning or isn't making progress. So, although I don't think they'll be that good this season, there isn't going to be like some collective agreements to just tank or right. whatever. Like, no, nah, they're going to compete. I just think like because of being young at quarterback, having a super young cornerback room now without Isaiah Rodgers and Stephon Gilmore and others, um, you're going to go through some growing pains eventually. And so, and then the league is just weird. Like they might win some games they're not supposed to, but then they'll lose some games they're supposed to win because that's how the NFL is. I'm still shocked that the Colts beat the Super Bowl champions last year. So if the transitive property works, the Colts were the Super Bowl champion last year. Uh, no, I'm joking, but that's that's the parody of the league. And why I, I like covering the NFL is because every week, I mean, jokes aside, there is going to be some surprises there for sure throughout the schedule. Yeah, sometimes your team's built to beat certain teams, and sometimes it's not built to beat certain teams. Yeah, so I, I, I do have a question that I don't know if you can answer. Uh oh. Do you have any inside scoop on Shaq? No, I, I don't. If I had, I would have reported it by now. But honestly, don't know much about his status. Um, I saw his Instagram a few days ago. He had his uh, yearly camp in his home state where he was moving around, but you just don't know if right. he's moving around right. better. Because he moved around last year, but we all kind of knew, especially watching the film back. And I'm not some film guru. Like, I don't know every single defense and all that type of stuff. But I know when he's not moving like he once did and he wasn't. So exactly. we don't know. Um, last time we talked to him was April. He said he wasn't doing much running at the time, which obviously is concerning. We'll be able to check in and see if he's available for the start of training camp. If he isn't, then I think that – it's something to monitor going forward. But to me, it's not even about him being ready for the start of the season so much as is it at any point in the season. Like if he comes back in week eight and that's a better timeline for him or whatever, or after the bye and you're like, man, and, and all the noise is you, you aren't playing. But if he comes back and he waited all that time, but he's like back to being himself, then it's worth it. Yeah, but if he's not, right. I think 100%. this season is a huge one because after this year, going into next year, they could potentially release him and only have an $8 million cap hit versus keeping him and having to pay him, like I think roughly $45, $50 million worth on his deal. So this year is going to be a pivotal one. And it sounds mean to say it, but it's something that the Colts will consider with Shaq's future. But I don't know, man. I just don't know. He's the biggest um, question mark, even more so I think than Anthony Richardson because you just don't know how nerve 
recovery works. Like you almost wish he would have just tore his ACL or something. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> at least there's a formula for coming Yeah, yeah this is something you just don't know. Yeah, yeah you just don't know. So We just we just miss those instincts and that leadership. Yeah, on that yeah. and, he, and I will say this, and I've, I've really pushed back a lot of fans who have been criticizing him for not playing. Oh, he's lost again, love of the game. Like, nah, that man loves football more than anybody in that building. And it really bothers him when he can't play. So um, I just hope for his sake he can get back out to doing what he loves. If you don't put your body on the line like he does, you don't make it from where he came from to, like, give up now because you got money. Like, nah, if that was the case, he would have given up as soon as he signed his rookie deal. So um, I'm excited for him, and hopefully he can get back to being dominant. Because I haven't seen – like, I've seen it from afar, but I haven't seen, like, peak Shaq in person and what that's like because what I've – Heard other reporters tell me, like Zach and Holder, they're like, "Man, dude was like that, you know, during that." Yeah. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you like the way that they talk about him, you compare his stats to some of the greatest linebackers to play is his first few seasons. Yeah, is, I mean, and that's what we're. So, yeah, to your point, Demar, we want him back. Yeah, I mean, he was on. He's still on if he could get back to being healthy. A Hall of Fame trajectory, like that's how good he's been. I mean, he set the rookie. I mean, the franchise record for tackles. His rookie season, and the only reason Zaire broke it is because they added an extra game. And, then, and the crazy part about that is I think Shaq did it in like 15 games because he missed the game his rookie year or something yep, like that. Yep, so, yep. he had an uh, ankle that year. Yeah, so just crazy production for him. I'm hoping he gets back to that level. All right, last then, question. Um, I'll leave you alone. Last question. No, nah, no, nah, you good. <laughs> did you have any – Did is Ballard really that tight-lipped when it came to drafting Anthony Richardson? Did they give you any indication that Richardson was the guy throughout the entire pre-draft process? Like anybody you talk to? Yeah, because I, I mean, they made that they made it sound like if you spoke, you you died essentially. I was, yeah, I was really waiting to hear Will Levis's name, and it was gonna be I was gonna cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, I, no, was you know I think that the the local media we were all leaning towards Anthony Richardson. We just couldn't get confirmation because um, that was something that that you just. I mean, I right. have my resources and I'm trying to work on building better ones, but that's something that just wasn't going to come out um, at all until it got confirmed. But we, we were not shocked. Like, none of us in the media room were shocked by it because we felt like, um, you know, after they evaluated him, after they spoke so highly of him, after they kind of did some of the legwork of getting to know him, that it was a safer um, pick as far as what they think they can get out of him than a Will Levis. And the biggest thing that I think kind of tipped their hand, even though it didn't really tip it, was to me personally, I was like, the knock on Will Levis, the biggest one was that he doesn't have that internal clock. So can you teach that is a big thing. Like, and I don't know if you can teach the ability to feel pressure and to Anthony's credit, Anthony can feel pressure. And like, that's one of the things that if you don't just look at the box score, look at his completion percentage, you look at the actual tape, he has really good pocket presence. He doesn't run from things and things like that. And he has good feel. And so based off that alone, it's, I think why uh, the local media was more on the Anthony Richardson train than the national media, because all the national guys were saying, Will Levis. And that kind of tells you like which people they're talking to versus who we're talking to because we're here every day. So, um, you know, it wasn't a surprise, but what was kind of crazy was seeing Will Levis go to the second round, which validated what the, what the Colts felt like because every team passed on him at that point. But then you have, your owner, Jim Irsay, basically saying, well, you know, had we not gotten Richardson at three and had, you know, somebody traded up for him where he was off the board, then we would have gone for Will Levis at four. And I was like, 
please don't say that again because that, that doesn't make sense. Because like, what? No, what about that stupid tweet that he put out like the, right before the should, should, should we take another we take another quarterback? <laughs> I mean, no, that's that's his gem. Um, having fun, Mr. Ursay, having fun because we all know he likes that attention. And, and honestly, though, I'm gonna say this, and this is real. Like you might not like his answers, and I know. The Jeff Saturday press conference, like some of the answers were off the wall. I was like, this is crazy. He doesn't make sausage. Make a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> at least he'll like. We, we love his off the wall answers. Yeah. It's hilarious. But at least he'll like talk to us, though. You know what I mean? Like, at least he'll engage with his fan base because there are some owners that you just never hear from. Like, the sure. Detroit Lions owner, you're never going to hear from. When I covered the Pacers for a year, Herb Simon talked one time and it was to close media, and I wasn't even allowed to go. Even though I had been hired, it was like, well, I don't trust this guy yet because he's new. Wow. You know, so somebody else from Indy Star, well, I think it was Greg Doyle. But again, like at least Ursay will engage <laughs> and actually um, answer, you know, questions. Might not like the answers, but I appreciate that he's willing to talk. Sometimes he gets long winded and I'm like, oh, God, I subscribe all <laughs> Let's day. go, Jim. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I appreciate it. I think that's, I think that you should do that if you're an owner. Like you should sure. be out there and at least give some reasoning for it. And I'm sure he'll be out there in Westfield in a few weeks. To give us his uh, his Lombardi speech every year, so um, making some more sausage, yeah, making sausage and comparing (laughs) MJ and UFOs and whatever else. So um, it should be fun. (laughs) We definitely appreciate you answering all these questions, and uh, we got uh, quite a few fans in here. Real quick, just want to jump in here and say we appreciate everybody coming in for uh, tonight. Uh, Just answering uh, Rob Lucio here, real quick. Just stop loading so slow. Uh, he's basically says, as long as we get a step on the Jags, we'll be all right in the division. So, uh, it, Rob, if you would have been here for the prediction, I believe most of us predicted the Colts to lose week one to the Jaguars. I think we got uh, swept. I, I think we voted yeah, a sweep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. sweep. Um, it, it's, it's just tough. But uh, the Jaguars don't beat us in Indy just like we don't beat them in Jacksonville. So uh, we very well could. Um, but we just don't see it that way. Uh, we think we'll be a little bit behind them. So I wouldn't be thinking too much about trying to lead this division. Um, just that there. And then uh, Stacy is also coming in here uh, saying hello. We appreciate you for coming in. We're all doing well. Did you say least, what's up to the uh, the cruise MVP out there, man? Chad's been in the I comments. Did not, I did not. Chad uh, actually <laughs> welcomed James in. Uh, so appreciate you as always, Chad, for coming in. All right. So with that being said, uh, we guys, are we ready to kick it off? Or did anybody have any more questions for James before we uh, – Actually, yeah. Oh, just, just one quick one, one quick one. Uh, being yeah. as our theme is underrated players this year, uh, with your insider perspective, James, who are we not talking about enough? Who are we missing that you think could have a breakout year this year or really show something that we haven't seen from them? I think my not even a sleeper. I think it's Jelani Woods in, in regard to the Colts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We've all said that. We're on that base. <laughs> but if I had to pick another one seriously as a sleeper, because um, I think Jelani Woods is a pretty simple one, but given his skill set, his size, his speed, sure. what Shane Stike yeah. does with tight ends, I'll go the Dallas Flowers. Um, okay. I love his confidence. <laughs> um, very, I think because of his path, which I wrote about, you all can read it on The Athletic. It came out last year. Right before the season started, he went to four different schools. None of them at the Division One level. Um, played Division One. I mean, played actual college basketball, not Division One, but college basketball before he played college football. And it was kind of a unique path for him to get to the Colts, being an undrafted guy. But he's made a few plays with his opportunities. 
Um, he's a very, very athletic dude. And he's still relatively new to football because he was a two-sport athlete for so long. And so I think he's somebody who talks to talk, um, has walked the walk, given his limited opportunities. And I think that it wouldn't be crazy if he was starting week one on the right. outside next to Kenny Moore and let's just say Julius Brent because I expect him to potentially be a starter as well because you don't draft a guy in the second round at cornerback and then not think that he's going to be a starter capable sure. um, of being on the outside. So I think that Dallas Flowers is a legitimate chance to start and be an impact player, sort of kind of how we saw with like Rodney Thomas last year. Right. Where he just came out of nowhere. I think that Dallas Flowers could be a similar player because of the ball skills, the athleticism, and then just the all-out confidence. Like that dude – believes in himself to the nth degree and it's also it's it's cool to be around because i'm like that he made me feel like i'm the best writer. <laughs> inspired <laughs> is confident it's all get out and um he's got a root for it too because he's really humble awesome man looking forward to appreciate it. the question zach i called it that's funny yeah. both names yeah i'm not high on i'm not high on dallas but hopefully i'm wrong i mean also as a kick returner too because of isaiah rogers no longer being here i have more opportunity with that i would assume as well so um he's gonna have his chances and that's the best part about this with the with that cornerback room is you really don't have an excuse if you don't um right. get a chance to to, to play more because you're going to have plenty of opportunities and now it's all about can you just seize that opportunity yeah, gotta gotta come in ready. Gus Bradley's gonna look for who's ready with that experience in that room. Yep. Hey, Matt's mom, uh, um, Stacy. I think I'm familiar with the Anvil show, but not completely. I think that's another close podcast. If I if I got you right I don't there, think, I, I honestly I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Shout out to him. Uh, yeah, shout sure. out to him, but I don't think I've heard of him. All right. Well, with that being said, let's get to it. The most underrated um, we're players. Start with, uh, we're gonna start with quarterbacks. Yeah, from 2001 and up. All right. Who wants to go first? I will because it's my segment. I came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to hear any of our people. He wanted his people nope. first. No. Nope. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. Um, All right. Go ahead. So, QB. If it wasn't for the Colts, I'd probably end up being a Jets fan because this guy growing oh, up was my absolute my my favorite guy. quarterback. Um, Chad Pennington. Is I feel vastly <laughs> underrated. Um, hey, two time, two time comeback player of the year, 06 08, two time passing completion percentage leader, 02 08. Played 11 years in the league, vastly underrated, in my opinion. Definitely underappreciated. But Chad Pennington's my guy, one of the few jerseys that's not Colts related that I would love yes. to own. I also, I'm also keeping an eye on his son. I believe his son is currently yes. a marshal now. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's slated yep. to be a, a really good guy. Marshall I'm, actually think, not bad last year. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, little uh, little brother, plays for them as well. Yeah, I think I think I take I think I messaged you guys a few weeks ago saying that that was my hot take. His son was going to be like first overall pick. I think it was like 2026 or something like that or 2027. I can't remember. I could see but, it. Well, but he's uh, yeah. there now, so it might one. be 2025. Might be his year. Maybe. I can't remember what year he graduates or he enters the draft, but yeah. For sure. All right, Zach, starting it off hot. Yeah, I, I'll just go because I'm next on the screens here. Uh, I don't know if he, like, fits underrated necessarily. I, I put Drew Brees as my number one because he's underrated in the all-time conversation. He never gets put in there. He never gets, like, brought up as – one of the greatest when his numbers back up that he is every and as an undersized guy too just the, the stuff he did for the like two decades is incredible unbelievable so yeah 
Drew Brees would be my my number one pick for all time underrated quarterback. You know what? I'm actually not mad at that because they compare every short quarterback to Drew Brees, and I'm like, wait a second, only one of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just him. <laughs> like, well, yeah, Drew Brees. Did it. Well, yeah, that's Drew Brees. That's Drew, yeah. Drew Brees. So I agree. His accuracy was insane. Really good dude. And I mean, up until like that last year, I mean, he could just put up. It felt like five thousand yards. With ease, like it was nothing, and and I think the biggest slide on him has always been like he never won an MVP. But if you go back and look through his career, he was number two or number three like every freaking year, and he always yeah. got beat out by someone having a career year. So yeah, that's he why got like, beat out, he got beat out by Peyton Manning and Tom Brady a lot, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> which I mean, he's right there with him, you know, like competing. Yeah. With him. So <laughs> that's why to me, all time underrated, doesn't get the love he deserves, man. For sure, Damon, who you got? Uh, Zach totally took my guy. Um, but I do have, I did have a backup. I did have a backup just in case. Um, but shout out to Chad Pennington. I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, they tore up the Colts in the playoffs. One oh, year, yeah. right? Put that 41 41 41 What ass whipping on Colts, man. Out. I was like a kid. I was tore up. I'm gonna have to go with the uh, with the uh, poor man's Kurt Warner here. Uh, Jake Delhomme. Um, from Carolina, legend. Um, you know, he was a he was a championship NFL Europa champion, right? Yeah. And then comes over to the NFL, um, and has a pretty good um, career with the Panthers leading to the Super Bowl, which the rest purposely had them lose against the Patriots. But, um, he overall, um, very underrated quarterback, I felt like of the 2000s that uh, often gets overlooked as well. I like that a lot, man. Who was that, Damon? Jake Delhomme. He, he's a legend down here in Lafayette, man. I mean, everyone freaking loves a guy. That's you know, I, and I'll, I'm I'm gonna. This is gonna be weird. I'm going Mark Brunel, and nice. lefty, right? Yeah, lefty. and and I hey, like Mark Brunel because I big mean, time. To be fair, he was he was the last person to be consistent with the Jaguars. <laughs> I mean, to, it was all the way back in the '90s. But they went to the NFC or the AFC Championship game in '96, and yeah, he played like what freaking. Till 2011 from like 93 bro i was like three years old when this man started playing so i don't know just mark brunel man i've always had a, a liking to him all right james who you got <clears throat> man steve mcnair is probably my pick eric um, mcnair hey. Hey. Yeah, I, you know it was like it wasn't the sustained greatness like over a decade but i mean the one the man was a co-mvp next yeah. to peyton manning when peyton manning yeah. was peyton manning yeah. And yeah. so um, I think that also because of how the game is played now, he was sort of like one of those precursors to Absolutely. the full threat guys, like big body dude, um, great athlete, and someone who, you know, didn't come from some powerhouse school and all that. So um, I kind of honestly miss, I feel like, some of that when it comes to college athletics now because a lot of the quarterbacks and a lot of top players <laughs> come from the bigger programs. And so I thought that he was someone who, um, you know, had a really – cool impact on the league and sort of gave us a preview that maybe we didn't know was coming of how it would look now. Like I was on a different show earlier today and they were asking me, you know, do you think we're able to go back to pocket passers? No, I think that it, it, it's going to be the athletic dynamic guys. Even if you're not super athletic, if you're just a Joe Burrow where you can at least run for a first down, that's who we're going to look at more. But um, yeah, man, I, I look at some of his highlights sometimes on YouTube and I'm like, this dude was insane, man. So I like him as, as my underrated quarterback of all time. All right, and then there's just me left real quick here. Stacy was saying y'all going to training camp. I believe Zach will be there. Obviously, Drawing James you. will be there. 
Um, don't know if any of us else will. I'm all the way out on the West Coast. Um, I'll keep y'all updated, man. I got you. All right. Uh, and then for mines, I'm also uh, with Trev here. I'm going Drew Brees, man. Uh, Drew Brees, I think, uh, to me, was just the most underrated. The reason I started laughing when you said it, Trev, is because Trev loves his Louisiana guys. He oh, loves his guy. <laughs> that's why I started, why I started laughing. Fan. Yeah, yeah, I, he could have. I mean, I remember that one time he said we when we were talking. We were I can't, talking about the yeah, I, I, can't help I got I'll in trouble. I got in trouble. I'll, I'll never forget it. But uh, no, nah, man, Drew Brees, I think he was legit, just like Trev said, all the times that he was up there, one, two, or three for MVP. I mean, the guy practically, after I want to say about the 2007 or eight season, the guy practically lived through 5,000 yard seasons. Just never gets enough credit when you hear uh, top tier quarterbacks' names. I know they definitely missed out on a lot of times they should have went to championships and whatnot, but I think Drew Brees is just is just so underrated. Um, and so that was mine. You know, as well. it's 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 funny because I probably would have went Drew Brees, but I was thinking extremely underrated. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's what I, I mean. Drew I don't Brees, know if he fits here, weird. but like like he fits, he fits yeah. because he, yeah. he, you know, I don't know how many years that man should have won MVP. In my opinion, he should have won it more than Aaron Rodgers did, but we'll keep yeah, that agreed. here. But yeah, I just didn't go him because to me he's a Hall of Famer. So, dude, and that's really not going to put him as an underrate. But I'll absolutely, take it. it counts because he and didn't then, win that amount of awards he should have. Uh, honorable mention that I'm actually I'm surprised nobody said. I thought you might have met, uh, but Donovan McNabb, dude. Yeah, one of the all time uh, greats. That again doesn't really get brought up. I mean, I, I say all time. I'm, like, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually going. It. Hold on, I'm actually going a different position from that same roster. Okay. Not mad at. Not mad at I, I wanted to throw McNabb out there. As I, a, I was going to say. I was going to say McNabb wasn't because really I'm from there. So I was trying yeah. to avoid that. <laughs> like, I was going to say McNabb. The reason he isn't considered underrated is because he was so scrutinized. Is like yeah. almost his entire career. He, he had a sack. Why he's always, he had a sack. I, yeah, it's, it's I, sack I he yeah, played with Tio. He had probably one of the top defenses of that time. He had two running backs that are to me should be on this underrated list and I'm only going to name one of them, but yeah, that's, I mean, Donovan McNabb <laughs> also choked in the, in the Super Bowl in a game. He shouldn't have even played to be honest. Fun All right, Zach, who you got at running back? Corey Dillon of the 1990 Bungles. I mean, like massive back, human back when the Bungles were trash. Um, Corey Dillon is one of five running backs to have 11,000 yards and still not put in the Hall of Fame. Uh, one of the, f- the other four are Steven Jackson, um, Frank Gore, um, Fred, Taylor. Fred Taylor, and you just made me think of Steven Jackson. It made me go, Oh my god, question my pick. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Corey Dillon's my guy. He's kind of been in the news lately because he called the Cincinnati Bengals ring of honor system. I saw trash that. so. Corey Dillon. Help him get in there, by the way. Ah. All right, Trev, who you got? I went uh, Matt Forte. I, I don't remember if he ever made a pro or not, but uh, he was Ooh, always up there during the 2000s into the 2010s. I mean, dude was a dog. He always had highlights, breaking people's ankles. Like, he was so fun to watch. So, yeah, Matt Forte is my pick there. That's a good one. Two-time Pro Bowl. Just so you know. Was he? Hey, yeah, Damon, right who on. you got? Uh, I got a – I already I kind of said his name, so I'm gonna go a different direction here. But Fred Taylor to me is the best running back to not be in the not be in the Hall of Fame. But I'm gonna go the person who held the St. Louis Rams together for 12 years, Stephen Jackson. You want to talk yeah. about a man that literally willed a team to win? You got it. Um, so Stephen Jackson for me. 
Dude was nasty and Madden too. Yeah. Stiff arm. He was so, so hard to tackle. Dudes couldn't could, tackle him. Couldn't tackle him. <laughs> it was insane. So th- th- I'm going to go with Brian Westbrook out of Philly here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah this man, I-, I remember watching him, you know, back in the day when you didn't have like uh, all these opportunities to watch different games. And instead of being able to watch the Colts, I got stuck watching Philly every damn Sunday. Um, just watching Brian Westbrook, you know, two-time pro bowler. He was a first-team all-pro in 2007. Um, I, I absolutely loved him. I thought he kept that team afloat. But with an honorable shout-out to Deuce Staley, yeah. I don't th- I don't think there's anything louder I've ever heard Deuce. come out of Philly except for Deuce. You know? Deuce. <laughs> yeah. Deuce with the juice, baby. Hey, I ain't going to lie. Byron Westbrook uh, was my favorite running back to use. Through like Madden 2006 yeah. to 2008 oh. was my favorite running back to you. Hey, how about NFL know? Street? NFL Street. Yeah. 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 crazy wall stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Deuce All right, James, who you got? I'm going to go with Sean Alexander. And I say this. That's another good one. Yeah, yeah. this is crazy. Okay, five. But he's got 100 rushing touchdowns in his career, 12 receiving. So he's got 112 touchdowns in his career. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Like people think that, but he's really not in there. And so I think that insane. What are we doing? Hey, isn't he a league MVP? Like, he yeah, he's a league MVP. Yeah. He's a running back. Got Madden covered. Pro, but he's only a three-time Pro Bowler. He's a two-time rushing touchdowns leader. Like, I don't see how anyone outside of a quarterback position can score a hundred touchdowns yeah. and not be in the Hall of Fame. Like that's the reason Seattle made it to a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Get this man a jacket, bro. Yeah, I I just feel like that's so weird. And then he doesn't have any like behavioral stuff off the field that would be like, okay, I can see why they voted against him. But I get that the NFL is harder to get into the Hall of Fame than like the Basketball Hall of Fame, which lets everybody in. But (laughs) a guy like Sean Alexander should be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Arguably the most underrated running back of all time, considering how high his highs were and the sustained um, longevity of it. Yeah, I actually, I actually like that one. I think that might be number one, to be completely honest. Yeah, with you, yeah. I mean, you almost never hear the guy's name, and he's he really also another one of those uh, University of Alabama <laughs> running backs, right there. Yeah, another one that went to Bama. It's crazy to think about. So, uh, I'm also going to name another running back who should be in the Hall of Fame. We actually just had this conversation the other day where some fan was talking stupid to Matt, but it's Fred Taylor. Brad Taylor, Monster. one of the most yeah. underrated running backs ever. I'm talking about this guy in his prime was just just crazy. I remember the games that we used to have against the Jags and the Real Jaguars and Fred Taylor is one of those players that I hate playing against, like, like Aaron Foster before he started having injuries. I think Fred Taylor was crazy. You look at his stats of his time, maybe yeah. not now, but of his time, they were literally elite, top tier. I think Fred Taylor is one of the most underrated of all time running backs. Solid dude, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, love, love listening to him on the Pivot Podcast. Yeah, with yeah, he's, real, he's a real one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, no, Zach, it's on you at wide receiver. Oh, is it? I got your boy Donald Driver. He's um, one of mine too. <laughs> I, had oh, I had so many. It's too many wide receivers. Too I was many. stretching mm. my eyes out for this. <laughs> I picked Donald crazy. Driver because he had a 14 year career. Um, he has 10,000 receiving yards. That's insane. And he stayed in Green Bay his entire career. So that's really why I put him on my list because, I mean, you don't talk about the guy like at all, but what he did, in my opinion, vastly underrated. I almost Absolutely. took Sterling. 
Ooh. Almost took Sterling too. And yeah. there, was, there was a lot of receivers, man. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think Donald Driver's a good one. I, I had him up there on mine as well. Trev, who you got? Yeah, I went uh, Andre Johnson because we had to play him for years, and I hated playing him. Uh, but that one year that he was a Colt and like didn't really do anything was still cool because I was like, hey, that guy's here, you know. Uh, but I love watching Andre Johnson play. I think he doesn't get mentioned enough because he didn't really get the chance to play in those bigger games or, or really win. But uh, man, he would just drop 150 yards on you like it was nothing. Like 200 dude, dude times. Yeah, dude was an absolute monster. You know, and, uh, uh, you can't help but wonder like if he would have had a better quarterback or a better team or like just been in a better situation, he would have been one of those all time guys that we talk about. Yeah. You, you want to know something real quick? The fact that you named him, I just seen it uh, the other day on pick six where they do these posts where they blank out the player and just show the stats. So the fact that you just named uh, Andre Johnson was crazy to me because they showed his stats compared to Anquan Bolden's and yeah. Anquan Bolden's completely killed Andre Johnson's. And I would have never thought. I had him in here too. He was actually my number two pick. I had Driver Bolden and uh, Johnson, but I got to go Johnson. Yeah, one of my yeah I just thought that was crazy. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Damon. I'm going to go not the superstar route because I feel like that's a little easy. So there's two guys I want to think of, but one of them I think that would be great in this era is Brandon Lloyd. You want to talk about somebody that was making mm. crazy one-hearted catches, one-on-one crazy route concepts, Brandon Lloyd, and then honorable mention, Amani Toomer. Love him. That was my dude. Love him in New York. So I, I don't want to go the superstar route. I feel like it's too easy. Like with wide receivers, there's so many good ones even today. But I like Brent. I think Brandon Lloyd was a, one of those ones that in today's era would be an absolute monster. All right. Where are you going, Matt? I'm going uh Derek Mason out of Tennessee. Ooh. 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 I like that pick a lot, actually. You never hear his name. Never. 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 I remember when we talked about this, I had to actually Google his name. I was like, who was that dude from Tennessee that torched everybody? And I just couldn't remember it. <laughs> he gave everybody <laughs> work. Everybody, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> it's the vision that, that we've got a lot of hidden talent, <laughs> like a lot of hidden players that should be talking about more. I mean, because everybody calls it the trash out. So it's just we just don't but, get but, looks at all. But like I said, from 2000 to 2010, we weren't trash. No, we were the not. Vision, <laughs> the vision was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, James, who are you going with? I got to go Anquan Bolden. I just feel like <laughs> not, not because of <laughs> – Really, the complete seasons, like he had a lot of seasons, played really well. But it was the moments, too. Like he was a big game yeah. receiver. Yeah. Um, obviously, the vital part of the Cardinals when they made their run, helped the, the, the Ravens get over the hump and win the Super Bowl later in his career. And at that time, I thought like he would kind of taper off. But again, he wasn't putting up the volume numbers, but it was like big game, big moment. You could just throw it in his vicinity, and he would just somehow come down it. with it. Yeah. yeah. I never say it out loud, but in my head, I always call him the big red you ain't. He was the stick mover. That dude, I mean, yeah, but it's like if it, like the strongest hands ever always made you feel him on the outside. And so um, he's somebody that I thought was very underrated throughout his career and someone who could go anywhere and help that team win. So that, that's my pick for sure. For sure, for sure. Uh, so mine's, yeah, just like I said, man, I was I was scratching my eyes out trying to sit here and pick at you. Because <laughs> obviously being a cool so podcast – I can have my bias to say who, because I think obviously if you're a Colts anything, you're probably underrated. So I could have easily chose Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. I think both were very underrated. Um, but I went with Larry Fitzgerald 
I think Larry Fitzgerald for is where he ranks on all of his stats and everything. I just think he is by far underrated more than anybody. You never hear his name. You always hear Randy Moss. You always hear T.O. You always hear Jerry Rice. You even hear an Antonio Brown before him, a Julio Jones. Larry Fitzgerald leads in almost every statistical uh, statistical category ever. I want to say he played like 18 years, still ain't even done, and dude just doesn't get mentioned. Uh, Absolutely. To be fair, fair, eight years ago, his name was the only name you heard. So (laughs) I will be fair. I mean, that's true. Because you got Super Bowl run they went on. It was like him putting the tape on his back and just like, I mean, outside of the. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, but like the crazy throw in the back of the end zone, the tiptoe thing. Yeah, yeah. MVP of the Super Bowl as a wide receiver. Yeah, like, was... I'll say this: I graduated high school in '09, and all throughout high school, it was always Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, and the and fact that he don't, holding, he don't know nothing. I was like, God, this dude has like he's caught everything, every cold. I mean, my God, dude, like this dude does not <laughs> drop stuff. It, like to go an entire season to have like one drop and then go multiple seasons without any drops is crazy to me. Yeah, he got more. He got more tackles than drops. Like that's crazy. That's insane. Dude. Like, <laughs> that's insane. That's insane, that's insane. Yeah, my honorable my honorable mention was Isaac Bruce there. It was it was that's, so a, good yeah. that's a good one. It was, yeah. it was Mr. So Consistent. Yep. It was so hard could, to decide. But uh you could even stay over there and go Tory Holt. Yeah, yeah. I thought about him as well. Just it was just so many receivers. There's <laughs> <laughs> just so many receivers. Zach, who are you going with at tight end? I got Heath Miller. My guy. Okay. I got Heath, Heath Miller. Miller tight end. That's big time underrated. Big time. Two-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champion in 2012. He was the first tight end and I do believe since like Antonio Gates to get a hundred targets in a season. So I mean, let's say he had like damn near fifty touchdowns too, or something like that. Yeah, yeah for a, a career, for yeah, he had a ton yeah. of them. But in my opinion, like during that whole era, like Heath Miller essentially was <laughs> Big Ben's thumb. I mean, anytime he needed to play, they went to Heath. I mean, and I hate the Steelers, but like, dude's vastly underrated. For sure, for sure. Trey, who are you going with? Yeah, I went uh, Ben Watson. I believe he had a 14, Ooh. 15 year career. Uh, he was always just super consistent, always a red zone monster, uh, both for the Patriots and the Saints. I think he retired in New Orleans, if I remember right. Uh, yeah. But he was like, he, he never jumped out at you, but like, dude would have like 80 yards every week, touchdown every week. Like, he was just, again, Mr. Consistent is what you want at the tight end. And, uh, I just think he doesn't get brought up enough as one of those guys that was just so instrumental for those teams. I like that one. Who you going uh, with, uh, Damon? I'm going to go Owen Daniels here. Houston nice. Texans. Okay. Uh, one of the few people with, uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Shane Rosenfels. <laughs> they used to put any sort of dent in it when we played him. But uh, he went to a Denver, had a pretty good season too with Peyton uh, towards the end of his career. But uh, when I think about a really underrated tight end in 2000s, he comes to mind for sure. You know who comes to my mind? This is going to be wild. Who you got, Matt? And it's going to be hard to justify. Aaron Hernandez. Oh, Homie God. killed somebody, dog. I don't give a shit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Calm down, bro. He's, he's still one of my guys, Zach. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's serious. On the field, that man was, was a straight shooter. And it, it was <laughs> but to be fair, if if Aaron Hernandez never had that whole thing happen, we would not we have, have never Gronk. heard of Gronk. Exactly, exactly. Aaron Hernandez was that dude on the field. 
Yeah, man, that's crazy. I, I'll never forget that post that that one dude put up from the Titans when uh, he said uh, he posted and said I tackled him or whatever. And Aaron Hernandez said I'll kill you, and little did I know he meant that shit. He meant that shit. <laughs> he was not playing. Oh God, man, that was a rough one. But uh, James, who you going with? Who you got? Jeremy Shockey. Oh, oh no. Damn it. Yeah, that's my guy. Um, I used to go crazy with him and Madden. He was oh, first yeah. Of all as a rookie, oh yeah. By the way. Like, he was really good, um, very consistent, obviously pivotal in the Super Bowl win. And so he was somebody that I thought um just you could count on week in, week out. Um, didn't have the craziest numbers, but again, another another big game player I felt like that would make an impact or make a play that forced you to um really sit and think, like, man, we should have accounted for him more. So that's my pick. Respected him. I agree. Growing, growing up, every one of my friends had a Jeremy Shockey jersey. Like yeah, when I first the tattoos and the hair and all that too. Yeah, dude. Yeah. When I first moved to Louisiana, uh, and this was the year that the Colts and Saints played the Super Bowl, they had a they had a jersey day. And I was I'm like brand new to the place. I don't know how crazy they are about the Saints. So I show up in my Peyton Manning jersey, like <laughs> I figured it'd be cool. No, dude. Jeremy Shockey jerseys and Drew Brees jerseys in the whole school. I almost got my ass beat. <laughs> like, but, <laughs> They love Jeremy Shockey down here. I mean, you can't believe he was so good, dude. For sure. And uh, as for mine, I'm going to Antonio Gates, man. Antonio Gates. What? He's not underrated. He's not underrated. I think he is, man. I just don't think he gets – he doesn't get – You, pick, for you picked those. a for sure Hall of Famer. You could have picked Marcus <laughs> Pollard, bro. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. You could have picked bro. Dallas Clark. He's got a buzzard for lame picks. No, no, no. Even though, even though, yeah, he is a Hall of Famer, but he gets no love. I'm telling you guys. He, he gets, gets a lot of love. As great bro. as he is, he does not get named up there. Bro, if that, you, like, all we hear about is, is like Bronk and Tony Gonzalez and, and uh, Travis. And, and then Antonio Gates. Already like get that, no, they, they, they still name other guys before they even put him in That's that because, world. Listen, oh, the, only reason, the only reason you hear tra- uh, Travis Kelsey is because he's fresh. He's new. He's the, you know, he's the. I mean, he's the decade man. Thing. He's, he's he's good, yeah, but he's just a wide receiver in tight end position. But if you ask I, anybody I from our it. generation, you ask anybody from our generation, someone's going to say Antonio Gates for sure. I don't hear his name. Bro, I, I would put Jason Witten before I put Antonio Gates down. <laughs> I would put Jason Witten. He's a cowboy. He gets more love than, than Antonio Gates. Well, he's more <laughs> underrated than Antonio Gates, my No, guy. he's not. Bro, people bro, name Jason Witten before. Bro. Maybe it's because I'm in the Army and I know a lot of Chargers fans. Maybe. And, and that just, you got to get the Army show with some other people because who are you listening? Who, how, how are you hearing this? Because like, I, I, I don't because I don't hear his name. That's so what I'm saying. You got to around some better, some better folks. I, know <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't hear his name. I, th- I think dude is still underrated. I just uh, – <laughs> he, he was the man. He was the man, to yeah. be fair. I mean, yeah. But I'm just, he's not underrated. He's not underrated. Yeah. Top five tight end all time. First ballot Hall of Fame. on the Mount Rush. Just because where he ranks all time doesn't mean he gets the love, though. I mean, I, I get. I mean, I said Drew Brees, so I can't really like. I can't fuss at it too much. Yeah. Fair all right. What position next? This my guy. Um. So, were we going any other positions outside of DB? Not only yeah. got time for DB. I'm sorry. For sure. We'll do. Sure. We'll do we'll DB, do. and then we can do linebacker. D tackle and edge if you guys want after James Lee. Uh, all right, Zach, who are you going with at uh defensive back? 
I have Raheem Mathis from the Jaguars back in like 2002. I mean, that dude was locked down, like shuts you out. Plus, he's from HBCU, which, oh, it's cool. Small school. Um, first team all pro 2006. Guy only had a one time Pro Bowl. 2006 was his only Pro Bowl. And he still leads the Jaguars in career interceptions, career INT yards, and career defensive touchdowns. So, Raheem Mathis is my most most underrated DB. He's a beast. Trev, who you got? I went for the uh, – I know, I know I love my Louisiana guys, but this guy actually changed the game. Uh, Peanut Tillman, man, with that peanut punch. Like, High school alumni. High school he, alumni. He was a threat, dude. Like, nobody could touch no, – Teams were scared to play this guy. You know, he's always forcing turnovers. And he, he was good in coverage, too. I mean, I just love watching him play. I loved his highlights and everything. So, yeah, Charles Tillman, even though he played for Del Bears, that's my guy. All right, Damon, who you got? Easy for me. You want to talk about a gentleman that's career was ruined by social media because of one clip on a show, D'Angelo Hall. Absolute monster of a corner, in my opinion. I think he – I think he had like the most interceptions in a single season, if I'm not mistaken, um, NFL record. I think so. Um, he had four in one game, <laughs> and all of them came in the first oh, half. Against the Bears. Jay against Cutler. the Bears. Jay Cutler. And if if it wasn't for DeAndre – if it wasn't for him talking to DeAndre Hopkins and getting absolutely embarrassed on hard knocks, I think that he would be talked about in a much different way. So I'm going to go D'Angelo Hall here. I'll never forget that video. <laughs> he did get his ankles taken. He literally got his ankles broken. <laughs> I mean, God damn. Ice up, son. <laughs> D-hop hey, uh, thank, thank you, Brendan, for somebody agreeing with me here. Uh, but, <laughs> Matt, who you got, got man? Underrated? I got Asante got, Samuel. Oh, yeah. Asante oh, Samuel, one guy who's not Oscar. in the Hall of Fame that Ooh. needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but what about Namdi Asamoah? Same guy. No, what? Man. Well, if I could pronounce it, I Can't would agree. Say that. <laughs> no, not at all. No, bro, they're the same corner. When he, no, when, not not he didn't have the consistency what? though. No, exactly. mm. no. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, James, who you got? I went outside of cornerbacks, and we had it as defensive back. I said Rodney Harrison. Nice. I think that uh, he was. Pretty underrated. I know he got a lot of love during the era that they were in because they won so much with the Patriots, but he was really, really good, a really physical yeah. dude um, and someone that, again, kind of defined that defense. We talk so much about Tom Brady and what he was able to accomplish, but, I mean, his defenses were always good. So yes, he could make were. mistakes in these yep. big games, and, 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 and Robbie Harrison was part of the reason why they were able to usually overcome those mistakes and still win the biggest games because their defense was, was he was lights out and he was a big part of that. And I'll never forget of all the plays he's made, he couldn't make the one on David Tyree with the craziest catch. <laughs> couldn't get that ball on his yeah, and, and that's still like <clears throat> stuck in my brain. But yeah, that would be my pick, Rodney Harrison. Hey, before DeMarco picks his, because I think I know who he's going to pick. Mm. It's the reason I didn't pick him. Go ahead, Demarco. Attention. So, uh, and if he doesn't, I'm gonna cry because then I'm gonna have to bring his name up. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So the funny thing is, is that I actually was split because I didn't know who I was gonna put at cornerback or DB or where we were gonna go with it. Uh, but it's funny that Matt sat there and said Asante Samuel because that's who I was gonna say. But since he did say Asante Samuel, I'm gonna go our guy, the Hitman Bob Sanders, one of the oh, very few. 
one of the very few safeties who did win defensive player of the year. Um, it was just an absolute animal. wrecking ball. And when you hear and when you hear great safeties, you never my hear favorite his player name all unless time. It's from, unless it's coming from a, a, somebody who's affiliated with the Colts or know a bit about him. Um, but I got Bob the Hitman Sanders, and if he See, wasn't having, if he wasn't injury plagued, oh my god! I was trying not. Time. I was trying to go this whole show without picking a Colt. That's why I wasn't going to say Bob Sanders. So I am going to give an honorable mention because this is who I thought you were going to say because we just talked about him is Eric Berry. Yeah. Eric Berry. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good pick. I forgot about yeah. him. Yeah, Eric Berry. Oh, man. The man who had cancer for a season came back, won comeback player of the year, and dominated. What a guy. I just, what a guy. God, yeah, oh, man. I love that man. That against who that beat cancer. Like, that's, that's really well. And then, like you said, he came back and he was still really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, uh, my, my honorable mention will be Cam Chancellor, by the way. Oh, you took my second pick. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Cam got a lot of love for those Seattle days. Yeah. I remember yeah. I But remember, I feel like the further we get removed from that, they just remember Sherman. Get brought up, man. Like, but he see, that's, a, that's a lot of these players, though. I remember like I'm, yeah. I lived in, in Sacramento. Moment, he did get love. I lived in Sacramento at the time that Seattle was on their little run that they were on for that that four or five years. And I can tell you right now, there ain't nobody from Seattle that was there in Sacramento. But there was more Seattle jerseys than you can count around there. It was just – I think they got a ton of love. I mean, obviously with the time that passed. But, yeah, I think that was – then Cam. Bro, Brandon Browner, they had a squad, bro. Legion yeah. of be so crazy. And they would just cycle that right corner. Hey, I will say this: Richard Sherman or uh, T.Y. Hilton, uh, he exposed Torch defense. Most yard. Hey, so I, on him. I remember hey, watching that game, and there were underrated conversation as well. I was, I was stationed, I was stationed in Hawaii when that game happened, and uh, one of my, because I was a specialist, one of my sergeants was uh, a Seahawks fan, and he lived behind me. And I remember when T.Y. Uh, just burnt right past Sherman on that that corner route. And just was gone, dude. I was talking so much shit, yeah. That door, bro. I was. I How was you like so that? Yeah. About to get written up for insubordination, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for sure. So that's uh some of our list there. Uh, we know James has to get out of here. We appreciate you for coming through. Um, definitely want to uh, have you on again if you will at some point. Uh, I know you're going to be pretty busy with the season coming up, but really appreciate you coming on and doing this with us tonight. Um, everybody, James Boyd, new writer for the Colts. Yeah, man, man. thank you. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you, you having me on. Um, we'll stay in contact, just reach out and we'll set something up down the line. You all take it easy. You too, awesome. man. Appreciate, you, you. appreciate you. All my answers were the best answers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, maybe for a project guy. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I appreciate that. I, I like the answers, but you all take it easy, man. Take all it right, easy, man. What a guy, man. That's awesome. Good dude. Great get, DeMarco. Great get. Yeah, definitely. That was good. That was good. Yeah, man. Hey, every, everyone watching and uh, commenting, too, y'all make sure y'all go and read up on that guy. Read his, and follow uh, his him. Articles. Follow follow his plugs. Please do. Yeah, I yeah, was at the uh, Romeoville. Yeah, Romeoville boy. But, yeah, man, uh, he's the man. Yeah, Down I, I don't – I don't necessarily follow the athletic mainly because you got to subscribe to it to be able yeah, to follow it. So, oh no, I don't follow the athletic at all. I just follow no, his page. I follow him. Yeah. Yep. Specifically yeah. him. I follow their Twitter and stuff, but I don't actually like pay for their app. So, yeah, no, but I do I follow him. That's that's why I was asking questions of maybe because I saw his headlines and I was like, okay. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, what's next? What position is next? 
Uh, we can work down the linebacker, DT, and then defensive end. Uh, so last. I, I'd like to go backwards a little bit and just start at defensive end. You guys are cool. Okay, that's fine. Defensive end. Defensive end. So, Zach, you want to take off from there? Yeah. Uh, I went with Elvis Doomerville because the Ooh. dude is five foot eleven and has a hundred and five and a half career sacks <laughs> at five eleven. Like one for the little guys, dude. That's nuts. Nice. So, played yeah, twelve years good. in the league and um, perfect. Yeah, pretty impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. He was a beast. He was an absolute beast. I was a uh, I was a little <laughs> split. I have two, but. I feel like we had like we've been avoiding the hometown cooking, so I'm a, I'm a hometown cook a little bit, and I'm gonna say Robert Mathis because I mean we all we all know we saw him every year. Uh, dude was a dominant force off the edge, but I feel like he does not get any respect at all when it comes to the all time conversation, the the best of the generation, anything like he doesn't even get brought up. And we have to remember, I, I want to say like 2015, he was like the front runner for defensive player of the year. He had like. I don't remember how many sacks now, but insane. Like he was lighting the league on fire, and it seems like the national media and like the national fan base as a whole has kind of forgotten that how dominant this guy was because he was on the other end of Dwight Freeney. So yeah, Robert Mathis is my pick. Doesn't get near enough love for how dominant. I believe he, was. he ended up getting uh, hurt like the final like game or two, which cost why, him. They, yeah. they were they were saving him for the playoffs, so they didn't want him coming back, and that's why he didn't end up getting it that year. And the Colts weren't that good. That year. All right, uh, Damon, who you got? I got a hybrid, right? I think he played a little bit of both DN and linebacker, uh, but I'm, I'm going to count him here as a DN. Talk about NFL Defensive Player of the Year, four-time All-Pro, Jason Taylor. Nice. Absolute yeah. monster. Very underrated. Very, Very nice. underrated. Played for horrible <laughs> Dolphins teams in the early 2000s. Um, so I want, I want to include him in my list, certainly, here. Um, legend, now at the University of Miami as well. So shout-out to him. For sure. And uh, since Matt is busy real quick, I'm going to jump in here. And uh, just like Trev went, I'm also going to go hometown. I'm on the opposite side. I'm going to say Dwight Freeney. Just like Robert mm. Mathis was one of the very underrated uh, of all time. And when you sit here and if you turn on any any NFL Network Sports Center or anything like that and they talk about great pass rushers or great defensive ends of the past, you just don't hear Robert uh, Mathis and Dwight Freeney's name at all. And, I mean, Dwight Freeney, I mean, for me – it, it was one of the other reasons opposite of Peyton Manning that just made me fall in love with defensive ends is that spin move. His patented spin move was just unbelievable. It was the cra- one of the craziest things I watched as a kid to see a guy that big just absolutely just spin past guys. And um, it, it just – it was one of the opposite reasons really made me love football. It's, it's crazy too because we had that perfect combination of like speed and agility on one side and then just pure – raw strength and just dominating dudes on the other like the perfect combo and you would think like media would eat that up and just people would love to i mean we love to watch it but for sure these guys do not get brought up and i i mean i agree i don't get it like that's there's not a ton of players beyond quarterback that we are wide receiver that we can sit and say the colts deserve to be in the all-time conversation but those edges do and they they don't get mentioned at all oh so y'all y'all brought up my guy huh we got both though. All right. Well, I'm gonna be lame and I'm sticking with it. I'm going Dwight Freeney. Yeah. Yeah. I think Robert Mathis gets more love than Dwight Freeney, but I'm definitely going Dwight Freeney. Recency bias. I agree. 
I agree. Also, I'm about to uh, I'm about to sue NFL Network. But I I, I think Vikings Robert Mathis was the better pass rusher out of the two. He is. Like, he is. Like, but like the, Freeny well, had one move. Well, well I like, think Freeny. I think Freeny was the better pat, pure pass rusher. But I think the fact that Robert Mathis had that patented strip sack yeah. is what kind of pushed him impactful, yeah. over because uh, Robert Mathis is tw- tied for one. And Freeney is at like three or four or something. I, think I mean, I, I just look think. at it like Mathis was a more complete player, in my opinion. Yeah, more complete. Yeah, absolutely. But you said power for sure. Well, fair think. enough. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'm going to sue NFL Network because they keep showing us losing to the Vikings. And it's really good. Can't get enough of it. Um, Next but Zach, uh, who, who are you going with at defensive tackle? Y'all remember uh, big old Marcus Stroud? Yep. Mm-hmm. From the Jaguars. Way yeah. back in the day. Yeah, that's who I picked. Marcus Stroud played right next to uh, John Henderson, I think. He's so underrated. Um, I don't know who that is. Well, he had in 2002. <laughs> it's hard with these tackles. In 2002, he had six and a half sacks from a three technique. So that, that that's pretty impressive. Um, second team All-Pro in 2003, and he was a three-time Pro Bowler. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. So I, I went with I don't actually know if he's under I don't know like what kind of uh, love or respect because like we I feel like we rarely even talk about D tackles other than Aaron Donald these days, uh, mm-hmm. but I went Haloti and Gata from the Ravens because he was Nata. Nata. Nata, right sorry Nata because he was absolute force I mean dude was in the Pro Bowl or All Pro team like damn near every year uh, yeah. and when you were playing the Ravens you just couldn't go up the middle because he's gonna rip your head off like he was an absolute monster and then for an honorable mention. I threw in our guy, even though he's still playing right now, recency bias, but I do think Buckner fits his criteria too, because uh, I think he's the second or third best D tackle in the league, and he doesn't get talked about at all. Totally fair. Totally fair. Uh, Damon, who you got at D tackle? I got I gotta throw a Steeler in there because we've been we we, we have been showing the Steelers a lot of love tonight, and I think they got a lot of underrated players from this era. Casey Hampton. Casey Hampton. I was just about to say the reason that the Steelers and the Cowboys aren't in there is because they get so much love. But go ahead. Yeah, they're the most highest national team, but that's still a good one, I think. Casey Hampton, if you played Madden and you try to run the ball up the middle, (laughs) couldn't you? You couldn't. I mean, (laughs) it's pretty much a vacuum in the middle of the field. (laughs) Miserable wall there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl champion. uh, What? I think he won two. I think he won two um, two. Super Bowls. Um, he was in there in that last one they run against the uh, the Cardinals, but big shout out to him, uh, run stopper and a great pass rusher. I'm going a guy that uh, he is in the Hall of Fame. All right, so I'm doing Cortez a, Kennedy. No, I'm kind of pulling a Demarco and, and a Trev here, and I'm going a guy who should be easy, but this generation doesn't talk about Warren Sapp. Oh yeah, Warren Sapp. Oh, I thought about him. He could I be the greatest of all time. Well. Yeah, that, that's the reason why I didn't put Sapp on there, but he. He's not I mean, defensive, ever I mean, anymore. Defense, yeah, defensive tackles in general don't get talked a lot, so I feel like any of them are up for grabs. He's in the Hall of Fame, but I bet you if you go and ask any generation or anybody right now that watches football, they're not going to talk about Warren Sapp. I, th- I think he right. I think he made the number 99 popular, though. Hmm. I don't know. I'd say Gretzky did that, bro. I haven't heard, I haven't heard Warren football. Sapp – I just haven't word, heard Warren Sapp's name in probably 15 years until we talked about doing this. I, I was going to say, I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think you hear his name until somebody says it. Yeah. Once everybody says his name, but then you're like, oh, yeah. 
But yeah. I'm going to say this is because people talk about Aaron Donald so much. I would still take Warren Sapp over Aaron Donald. Me too. That's, yeah, I, that's, think, that's, uh, I think I think Warren Sapp was like the um, – what's his name? Uh, uh, God damn it. Uh, Brian Dawkins of D-Tackles. Yeah, that was, that's that was Warren Sapp. That was Warren Sapp. Psycho. Uh, I love Sapp. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm telling you, that's what he was. Yeah. Because he was another guy that if you used him on Madden, <laughs> nobody was running up the middle on you. Same I wanted him to fight Mike Turner, the Packers coach or whatever it was back in like <laughs> yeah. when he yeah. laid out when he laid that when Sap laid out. Well, I think it was a, a tackle or whatever it was. I don't remember. I just was hoping Sap and the coach would fight, and nothing ever happened of it. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I'm also kind of in that same realm as Matt with this defensive tackle that I have, but I'm getting he probably doesn't get as much love as any of these D tackles, but mine is Vince Wilford. Vince Wilford of the Patriots. I absolutely hated playing against this guy. Just like Damon said um, with his D tackle, this dude was just a vacuum in the middle of the field. And if you thought you were running the ball against this, he literally would take up three, your center and your two guards, almost every single play. <laughs> I think Vince Wilford was just massively underrated and doesn't get that uh, national attention, even though he did win some Super Bowls and whatnot. But I just think uh, Vince Wilford was majorly underrated. One of the I, biggest fucking dudes I've ever seen. I think ever. he might be the most recognizable defense yeah. back of all time, though. When it comes to run stopping, absolutely. Because the, uh, the one strap overall, the, the overall, you, you and see everything. him. You know what I mean. You know it's him, and he's yeah. his personality. You know he's eccentric yeah. on the field. So yeah, that was that was who I had though. Uh, but Zach, who are you going with at linebacker? The one forgot- linebacker, guys. One right. linebacker. The forgotten bear linebacker that no one gives any love to, and it makes me mad. They talk about Erlacher, but what about right, my guy? Lance Briggs. Lance man. Briggs. I already knew you were going. Like, <laughs> Beast. Probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Three time All Pro from 05, 06, 09. Seven time Pro Bowler. And first team All Pro in 2005. Like, the dude was just a stud. But because he played next to arguably maybe the second greatest middle linebacker in our era, besides Ray Lewis and uh, Brian Urlacher, I mean, he gets often forgot about. Lance Briggs is my guy. All right, Trev, who you got? Yeah, man, I went. I feel like he's he's probably a popular pick. I think all of you at least looked over him, but I got I got to go London Fletcher because he was step for step yeah. with Ray Lewis their whole careers, but he never gets like mentioned or or respected in that same breath. I mean, maybe he wasn't as much of a character or anything, and he didn't play in as many of the big games. But man, like London Fletcher was all over the field. You, you couldn't watch a game without seeing London Fletcher change that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he was re- literally one of the best to play the position, but unfortunately, he just never really got that respect that I feel like he deserved for sure. All right. All right. Uh, Damon, who you got? I'm going to go probably one of the all-time leaders in all stats, I guess, forget about, Takeo Spikes. Takeo Spikes. I definitely a beast among men. 6'3", 250 pounds of muscle. Would absolutely take your soul over the middle of the field. Great linebacker, my pick. Yeah, I also thought about him as well. He was a maniac for the uh, Giants in the middle of that field for them. Matt, who you got? A linebacker's tough, man, because a lot of the great linebackers that make impact are in the Hall of Fame. So it's hard to say that these guys are typically underrated if they were actually – as good at the position as they were. 
Uh, so for me, it was tough. And plus, it was a position I played. So I was very – I watched a lot of linebackers growing up. Um, and I'll have to say – because a lot of the ones I wanted to say was like Derek Thomas, but he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, and I, I can, I'm not going to pick another guy in the Hall of Fame. I already did that once with Warren Sapp. So I'm going to actually go Terrell Suggs. Mm. Nice. He's the one who's very highly underrated. I mean, I, and he was overshadowed because, you know, they had guys right. like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis yeah. on that team. But Terrell Suggs was a beast, man. Yeah. And I, I feel like he played longer too, or maybe it's just because he played after they retired, but he was so consistent for so many years too. Yeah, he was, man. For sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I, want, I want to go uh, honorable mention too, still playing, uh, does not get talked about in the uh, modern rankings of linebackers, Demario Davis in New Orleans, dude. He's one of the best off-ball linebackers. Louisiana guy. Look, I'm sorry, but watch, watch the guy play. Watch the guy yeah, play. Trent needs to stitch like a muted, like muted. muted. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Willis. You don't like the truth. You don't like the truth. Luke Kingley. I got. I got. Hey, I would have went Leonard if he was underrated. I'll, but I'll we wait, don't talk I'll about wait. him right. I'll wait for like ten years, and then we can put Demario. I I didn't put Luke Kingley on this list, right? Because I heard Zach just say his name. The reason I didn't say his name was because of the fact that I just watched a video of him the other day that was posted on social media. I think he's calling him rated. calling him as the best Carolina Panthers linebacker of all time. You can't do that. That's Sam Mills. Right, but it was put there, and that's why I didn't put Luke Keekley in my <laughs> linebacker spot. For sure. Hey, and um, and so just, yeah. a, just, a weird, just a weird note, Damon looks like he put the black and white effect on himself. It's the, uh, <laughs> it's the uh, lighting. weird filter going it's on. It's the lighting in the room. <laughs> all right go ahead sorry demarco uh all good um yeah i'm also a trev on this one i had london fletcher man i think london fletcher is one of those guys where he played in this generation uh with ray lewis and um and uh i want to say it was it was one other guy from the steelers the name isn't as big but i know he got a lot more recognition than london Farrier? Fletcher. he just died yeah did he really yeah he just passed away like last week james Ferrier. Oh, yeah. shit. Well, R.I.P. to the guy. I did not. I did not know that. That was not my intent to. Uh, uh, highly underrated, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So my, uh, I might jump yeah. to uh, Ryan Shazier too, who unfortunately couldn't play because of uh, yeah. cancer. I believe. Oh, he would have gone down as like a top ten in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. dude was so good. That dude, dude was. Yeah. He was so I mean, good. he was one of the guys that had instincts, ability, speed, everything you wanted oh, in a linebacker. So far, uh, but I had London Fletcher, man. Just like Trev said, all the stats that you sit here and look at for player when you line his up with Ray Lewis you're, right there with him. was he was he that damn good but he's always overshadowed by Washington being poor being garbage yeah. being everything that they had going on I think London Fletcher was absolutely hey, I, uh he was beast. a bill before then another another honorable mention too is James Harrison yeah yeah Hybrid. what about Patrick Willis yeah. I tried so I tried to I tried Patrick to stay Willis, away yep. from the linebackers that were you know slash defensive ends which is Navarro like, Bowman the, the yeah, yeah the, the the guys that played defensive end just because of the the scheme they were in. But yeah, yeah. To be so fair, James James Harrison's so fucking big, he had no business playing in a linebacker. <laughs> position. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's why I try. That's why I hate when people do the linebacker slash defensive end because it's like you're. It's not the same. Not put, it's not the same. Typically, not gonna put that guy in a in a typical um, like four three linebacker type role. So. That's why I hate right. when they put the position right. out. Right, right. Like Robert Mathis. He's not yeah, a linebacker. Exactly. He's, he's a defensive a end. 
Right. Exactly. He so, he only played that like position if, for a few if your years. Primary under... draw... Yeah, if your primary role is to rest the passer, I'm not gonna call you. Yeah, you're at your edge, yeah. Um uh Nathan saying here something about Richardson not getting signed. Uh you know, I'm I'm not too worried about it. We got to twenty. Uh, I wouldn't say each day. I would say each week. We got until like the twenty first, I believe, when we start camp. So Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be fine, just, dude. He's gonna play just, for the uh, just just stay relaxed. We'll be all right. There's no way we're not gonna sign our number four overall. Yeah. Hey, while we're while now. we're while we're still in this underrated player conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's go another. I guess he would be considered a running back, but he's not. He was a fullback. That's never talked about. Mike Olstott. I know you bring him up. That's your kind of football bro, player, right there, bro. Dangerous. Yeah, don't man. He's. I don't know. I've seen him recently. He, he his CT is so bad he can't even structure a sentence, bro. Like yeah, his head is legit. It's legitimately gone. His to head. me, yeah, to I me, mean, he was you, the last real fullback to play football. Well, I don't know. Kyle, what about you? Is that dude? I don't even know who that is. No, not for the, for the 49ers? I think, I think yeah. Tolbert is just an overgrown running back. But uh, oh, I think come on, Juszczyk, no. Juszczyk is legit fullback. He's legit, Juszczyk. man. That dude in Baltimore. He's not an all-star. Than you, <laughs> no, I'm not saying that, but for, for the modern game, he still plays – and I think they're one of the few teams that still, still rolls out of He still back. runs the ball, and, runs the yeah. ball up the middle and everything, and he'll run through your face. He, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, the only reason I didn't think of him, Matt, is because I got a cousin who's a big-time 49ers fan, um, and he he always loved all-star. I did this list. I did this list twice. I was telling DeMarco earlier this week how in-depth I took this. And I'm truly amazed that no one picked David Garrard. I don't know, because, man. Like, how underrated he was. I'm also amazed. My issue, my issue, I don't think Garrard was underrated. Yeah, but Matt took Brunel, who was more underrated than Gerard. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is amazed, but I'm still amazed no one took I'm pretty sure um, I'm pretty sure Gerard stole fucking Brunel's job. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was at the end. Oh yeah, Leftwich. That's right. Because Burnell got traded to St. Louis. Yeah. If I'm after, right. After yeah. Leftwich took the starting role from Burnell. Yeah. yeah. And then running back wise, no one picked like uh, Michael Turner, Fred Jackson, or, or Fred Jackson from Buffalo. He was my number. Well, see, yeah, I would have. I don't I thought of. I would have thought, thought of Fred Jackson, but I, I really don't. I, I mean, I think Michael Turner. I'm going to say he's underrated, um, but. I just don't think he's in that no. upper echelon he's of not. guys. So would you put Darren Sproles? Would you put Darren Sproles in that underrated category? Eh, no, because no, Darren Sproles got a lot of love, bro. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the reason. I mean, Darren Sproles is the reason I love football as a person who thought I could play still. Hey, Darren, when I figured out basketball wasn't going to be tall enough. Darren Sproles was my Darren, last hope. So Darren Sproles, Darren, <laughs> Darren Sproles. <laughs> Darren Sproles to me is a better is a better uh mind. That's oh, yeah. 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 I, I, he, he was just that guy that he had to be in open field to be able to do his work. He right. wasn't he wasn't He's not going through anybody. open field. Yeah, no. I was gonna be corny and not pick a running back position and just go with the Denver offensive line from like 2000 to like 2006 when it Take didn't matter. When it didn't matter who they had at running back, Clinton Portis, Mike yeah. Anderson, Tatum Bell, I was going to pick those guys because they was literally plug and play the entire Dude, the entire right. time. Clinton, Clinton, Portis, Clinton Portis played in Washington, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. Out. He he was one of the guys. He that's was one of the that's guys another guy. I, I chose him for my fantasy team. That's he another guy. That's another guy that should have been. Uh, 
Yeah. Under, underrated. I just thought I just thought Freddie T was more underrated. Than him. He got yeah. traded for Chan Bailey. That's why I didn't put him on the list because I was like, oh, he, he got traded for Chan I mean, Bailey. Yeah, oh, I was not underrated. Another <laughs> another another good name is Larry Davis. Mm-hmm. I like that. If anybody remembers that guy? I had a. I'm Justin surprised no Tuck. one said. I'm surprised no one said Ray Rice. That's he's he's nah, 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 he be knocking out women, bro. He can't be. Oh, what? Oh, y'all take <laughs> easy now. Listen, listen, I get it. I get it. Everybody's like, oh, he did this. Ray Lewis is still ranked as like the second best linebacker in all of sports. That man killed three people and got away. But none, of us, but none of us named Ray Lewis. <laughs> because he's not underrated. Because yeah, he's not you can't underrated. say he's underrated. Yeah, Marvin exactly. Harrison did too. But what I'm saying is, is like, I'm not talking about personal personal life. I don't care what they do in their personal. I mean, I do, but I don't. When I'm, when I'm talking player, I'm talking player. I don't I don't care what you do on the outside. Yeah. I don't. So so when when I'm talking like an underrated running back, I could go Ray Rice. But he the man, the man is un- hold, on, the, hold on. The man is an underrated boxer, too. We all saw that. Oh. See, that's Here's why like, he that's why he not anyway. on this list because he got love until he punched her in the face. Damon's, just, Damon's like, you, you, Matt, you're gonna get me fired. Ray Rice, <laughs> Ray Rice to me just falls in that um that one in like his his impact was so short, obviously because off the field issues, but like he kind of goes in that priest Holmes, Larry Johnson Michael bucket Turner. for me. My, but just because it was only like a three or four year body of work where you really saw him pop off. Hell, he could even throw Jamal Lewis in there too, right? Dude, um, you only said Jamal Charles. What is wrong with you folks? Three years, dude. That's you didn't all name him either, so oh, okay, you right there again, with the I thought for sure one of y'all would because how much love y'all been showing him. No, no, Jamal Charles. Jamal, we literally though. just talked about how great Jamal Charles was in the chat no more than like five days ago. And I, thought Murray, sure, I don't feel like he's underrated, though. I Jamal thought for yeah, sure yeah, someone would put him on the list. Charles, Jamal Charles for his time wasn't underrated, though. He, he gets his flowers, though, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of guys that like don't get the respect, man. Don't get the love oh, they deserve. For sure. You said for Drew sure. Brees. Yeah, because he doesn't in the all time conversation. All he doesn't. He's he's, he's legitimately first regarded ballot, first no. ballot Hall of Famer. Yes, he is. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. But I'm saying, and and that's why I framed it like I did, right? Because, he, because like, he I don't did. know if he belongs here. But in the all time conversation, he's not respected the same as Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. When he's arguably better than one of them. My whole lifetime, he was put on the same tier as all those guys you just named. Who? He was for me too. And Drew Brees. If you, if, Drew, if Drew Brees, Brees Tom Brady, now, Peyton Manning. Once he oh, look, look at everyone's once Mount he Rushmore, left San Diego. Once he left, yeah, you're talking about fans. And yeah. the, Mount Rushmore is like four we're talking people. about perception, like how people are rated. I mean, people. how else are you supposed to look at it? True. I'm, this I'm, wasn't I'm a opinion piece. Uh, yeah, it is. I'm just saying Drew Brees that, is the and, first but, time again, Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's, that's why I framed it like I did, where I don't I, I can't say he's underrated because obviously, like, yeah, he's one of the goats, but that's why I said in the all-time conversation, the goat conversation, he's underrated because he deserves to be talked about in the conversation. That's that's I all I was it. putting him in there. I respect it. You guys remember Lee Evans? You think he was Come underrated? On now. No. Buffalo Bills re- receiver? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I remember him. What about Delta O'Neal, the corner for the Bengals? Multiple Absolutely. times. Absolutely. I have TJ Husbanzada as well. Let's uh, finish our list real quick. Football. Zach, who's your most underrated corner? corner Wait, player. we were doing DBs. I didn't know we were doing corner too. No, I oh. thought we were counting DBs as safeties. I already went oh, corner. Oh, no, I named it corner. Yeah. I know, I, so now you got to go safety. I got y'all. I, got it, I already got it. Well, I already said okay. mine. Okay. Eric Berry. <laughs> you want me to go safety? See, I'd have to go no, no, safety. Corner. safety. Oh, corner. Well, I went Raheem Mathis for – Did you play safety? Uh, I you played he was corner. safety for the Jets. Oh, I played I corner. 
Okay. Um, you spent so saying Jet safety. Remember Kerry Rhodes back in the day for the Jets, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember Kerry Rhodes. Dog. There you go. Underrated. Never got no love until he played with that one year with Ed Reed, and Ed Reed was terrible. And people realized, you know, like he carried the safety group. Yeah, uh, Kerry Rhodes. All right, Trev, who you got at uh, safety? Uh, yeah, y'all said Eric Berry earlier. He was one of my picks, but I'll go, I'll go the other Eric with, uh, Eric Weddle. I think he was Ooh. really good for years, man. Ooh. Yeah. He, he came back for that Ram Super Bowl, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, he, he did. He finally won he that one. They, broke that his one I wanna, really cool. I'll, I'll say this. When it comes to Weddle, a lot of people at that time, it was either Weddle or Honey Badger. And I would always yeah. lean more towards Weddle over Honey Badger. That's just yeah. me. And, and I, I, maybe it's cause he's, uh, I'm not going to say that, but Weddle not yeah. talked about, yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. I'm with you on that one. Weddle's a good one, he was a dog. All right, for Daniel, me, who you got at uh, safety? Safety, safety, Dante Whitner, absolutely, game yeah. record. <laughs> we'll meet you over the middle, and it, it did cost him his career. And he did legally change his name to Dante Hitner, so I gotta go. Dante, that's Hittner. so dope. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I also like I wanted to bring it up, but uh James was leaving, so I didn't want to like interrupt. But honorable mention and a little bit of home cooking at corner. Vontae Davis was really good for a couple years there, man. Yeah, I, he, I, I, I love Vontae. He met, Davis. so did I, so did I. He messed himself up yeah. by retiring at halftime. That yeah, that's he half ruined time. his legacy. But, but, but like to me as a Colts yes, fan, I still love the guy. He was he was so an- good. He's another one, another one from Indy is Darius Butler. Yeah, yeah. All one time, of the smartest guys. You I think he, like all time underrated. He, he was one of the, his instincts. I mean, his stats don't look like it because he played on the inside. He wasn't an outside corner. So the, you got to remember, nickels don't get a lot of numbers compared to like you look at guys like <laughs> right. Richard Sherman on the outside. So but like honorable mention is fair though. But Darius Butler was a dude who was like one away from breaking all time record for six picks in a career. That's nuts. Yeah, the dude was like right there on it. Like, I remember tweeting him. In like 2013 or 2014, saying, "Hey man, one more, and you break the record. Are you gonna get it this weekend?" And he he retweeted it. <laughs> but yeah, and and he's smart. If you guys follow him now, everything. I mean, smart, smart. Yeah. Hey, what about Antoine Bethay? Y'all ran. Hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, man. God, shut up. <laughs> yeah, Matt didn't. Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt had, uh, picking. Yeah, well, he already said uh, Eric Berry. And since I was already in there, he he can go ahead with another. Yeah, one. Antoine Bethay. Thank you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I was getting there. I was getting there. I was gonna say it. I was just, you know, we were having fun conversations, steered off in direction. But yeah. he had a long career. Too, Antoine Bethay. And the thing is, is on you know when you watch his film, he doesn't jump off the page as like one of the most athletic safeties to play the game. Like sure. one of the hardest hitters, or one of the you know sideline to sideline, but he was probably one of the. If if I'm going to make a comparison at, at in position, right, one of the smartest at his position, it'd be like a Richard Sherman at safety. Like yeah. he just he could read an offense and know where the ball was going. He was never out of position. Right, perfect way to place it, man. That dude was just yeah. where he needed to be. I mean, he was so and smart. Then, never out of position. Go ahead, Demarco. Yeah, I was just gonna say for mines, uh, since I did go, our guy Hitman uh, at safety and uh, Sante Samuel was already in there at corner. I'm gonna go a different route at corner. I'm gonna say Ronde Barber. 
Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm, I monster. think he was very so, underrated. I will, I will say this for a decade. I don't for a decade of my when I was growing up, he wasn't underrated. <laughs> right now, yeah, yes. probably. I would I would say that right now he's looked at as like yeah. probably a, a bottom tier. But when I was growing up, that was a fearful man. Yeah, no, it was, it was the same for me. I think the guy. I mean, obviously, when they're playing, Ooh, you're gonna get a lot speaking, more love. Speaking of one of those guys that didn't get a lot. Of love. Speaking of another honorable mention for running back is his brother, Tiki. Tiki. Tiki was, Tiki actually, was uh, another dude. Who that was, was one of my. That was one career. of my favorite running backs to use on Madden between yeah. ten. That was one of my favorites there too. One of the best football names too. I mean, come on. Yeah, I will say that. I will say James had the best running back pick. I think and. Sean Alexander. I remember using him in two K five. Yeah, no one was, was stopping was, you. I didn't even. I didn't even think of Sean, but when he said him, I was like, "Oh, that's right, number yeah. one." That's with, easy with number Matt one. Hasselback at quarterback. That's, that's easy number one. I we mean, want the ball, and we're gonna score. You can tell you, if you can take Matt Hasselback to a goddamn Super Bowl, you deserve a lot of credit. <laughs> Facts. Speaking of Matt Hasselback, I'm surprised Damon didn't have his boy Will Harris on there. Will Harris. <laughs> hey. Uh, what? What about um? What about Entrell Roll? Yes, or Troy, or Troy Vincent. Yeah. or Troy Vincent. Yeah, I thought I thought of Troy Vincent too, but he retired in like two thousand and four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I tried to pick guys that went a little longer. There, there the are chain. a lot of there are a lot of guys in the NFC East that don't get mentioned. Troy uh, Vincent, but, one of them. Yeah, and then you got to look at Washington, bro. There's a Lito lot of Shepard. names. Yeah, there's Lito a lot Shepard. of names in Washington. Yeah, they're always no one talking like, about bad quarterback play. Uh, yeah, Curtis Painter is one of them. I'm sorry, bro. When Curtis, when Curtis Painter played in Washington, that dude was a monster. Who? <laughs> Not Painter. Um, um, uh, the running back, Porter. Clinton. I, was, I was like, where are you going Portis. with this? Clinton, you, y'all know what oh, I meant. Yeah. He's the running back. The running back. Yeah, the running back like, in Washington. That dude was like 100%. God. Yeah, that was that was Jason Campbell, right? Jason Campbell, yeah. Portis, I think it was yeah. that era. Yeah, that was, was really Mar- I don't know why I said Curtis. Brunel. Mark it, started with, it started with Mark Brunel and ended with uh, yeah, ended with Jason or Jason Campbell at quarterback. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why I liked uh that's why I like that name said Jason Taylor cuz he's a guy that, that that people just don't think of that defense. So is Zach either. Thomas underrated for that era? I mean, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. Hundred percent. So I, I that was gonna be my linebacker pick, but I went away from that because I was like, bro, I can't put a Hall of Famer on here. That's some cheese. So what about the Marius Thomas? Thomas? I don't Demarius think he did know. Marius Thomas. He was no, definitely yeah, underrated. He was underrated I'm in his that. time and after. To be completely honest, the Thomas brothers were kind of that was a package deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Would you put um, Sean Taylor on the list? Because I almost put Sean Taylor on the list just because, like, yes, I would. I mean, his his career was short, but that's another Washington guy that he's not underrated, though. He's not underrated. Yeah, Yeah, he's not underrated. He he wasn't underrated because I mean, even to today, you know, still gets his love, which he deserved. That's a valid point. Valid point. Definitely not underrated. He was another one of those safeties that people looked at more than they looked at Bob Sanders. All right, so. Now, my next question, leading into his teammate, would you put Ryan Clark on that list? Because, I mean. Definitely. He belongs, in my opinion. Ryan Clark gets no love. Right. You could say he's a top, in the 2000s, which this is strictly what this is off of, you could argue he's a top five free safety in the league, fifth, fourth or fifth. I mean, you have arguably Ed Reed. Really good, yeah. Um, You have. dog. 
He was an undrafted right. free agent. Undrafted he, was free agent. Pit, he was a straight pit bull. Right. Cut, cut mean, from the Saints <laughs> and then picked up by the Steelers. Yeah, he's a dog. I mean, I, I didn't put him on the list, but thinking about it, Ryan Clark probably should have been on that list. I mean, my dude tried to play football through sickle cell. I mean, like he was sick to his stomach. Yeah, he tried to get on the field. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I'm going to ask that. I'm going to ask this. Okay, and this may be far fetched and maybe a reach because he's talked about probably a lot more than he should be. Um, strictly speaking, football, not his psycho craziness off the field. Antonio Brown. Oh yeah, I think everybody would. I mean, I don't he, think he's underrated at so all. So I wouldn't. Yeah, I was but that's say, where my question was coming in. But yeah, I don't. But think he's uh, but he's not put on anyone's top lists. Is my thing. Like, I guess statistically yeah. he's there. I mean, he's. I mean, yeah, I he's, he's, he's got. He's mine. got. I think if he. I think if he wasn't an idiot, he. Yeah. In my opinion, I think he was on pace to be the greatest receiver of all time. A fact. If he wouldn't have been an idiot. So facts, I definitely I think, put him on that list. Facts. I think he's – he's because if you look at him, I think for like nine, eight, nine years, the dude had over 1,000 yards. I, it was Trev, something crazy. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I mean, yeah, he's, and then, you didn't and then, put Marcus Colston on your list? Oh, no. He's in there. He's in there. Bro. Bro. I can't put him underrated. Everett Henderson. I don't think Marcus underrated. Colston? I don't think he's underrated. definitely underrated, No, he, he's underrated. I, I mean, he's I not talking he about it at all. You didn't put Marcus – I intentionally left him off my list because I thought for sure Trev would be all like Marcus Colston. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't yeah, buddy. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 nah, well, first of all, I got I got enough sense. All right. You guys will never let me hear the end of it. But no, I mean he was a great player, but uh, yeah, and underrated. I just I can't put him over the guys we had, you know. Andre I think Marcus Colston was one of those guys that like you would never think we're gonna kill your team. And, yeah. and he just come in like and destroy book. teams every week. He, you he just was, never think of his name. Like, this guy could go out and have 300 yards and five touchdowns. And the next week, the team is going to come in and be like, oh, we ain't worried about this guy. Yeah. Like, it was <laughs> Why just are you insane not worried? how yeah. underrated is Marcus Colson. Like, he was one of those guys that just put in the work and, like, developed the chemistry with the quarterback. Like, I think that was the key for him. I think, I, don't think, I think he was just like an Amarius Thomas. Yeah, I don't think he could have been a star anywhere. It had to be with Breeze because of that chemistry he the developed issue, with him. The issue with him, I think, is is that they got Mike Michael Thomas, mm. and I think yeah. that kind of overshadowed Colston, in my opinion. Because another name out of the Saints that I think is highly underrated is Willie Sneed. Yeah, what about Reggie uh, Bush? Red, no, he ain't. He's not underrated though. <laughs> Reggie Reggie Bush is he's probably over. Reggie, no, Reggie he's in Bush that same tier as Michael Turner with less stats. And more overrated than Michael. That Trump. that man was a that man was a college running back. He was not meant for the NFL. That boy got proven great, yeah. by Philly that he did not. A couple good here. highlights, but uh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in open field. Philly. And that is my favorite highlight of all, <laughs> all time. Shepard. Yeah, yeah, time. bro. That's Lito, Lito Shepherd needs to be on this list just for that hit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what about uh, what about Legarrette Blunt? Ooh. I mean, yeah. he, or yeah, Le'Veon, that's, Le'Veon that's, Bell. That's that's like right not over Matt. the guys that we had, but that's I mean, like right in that abyss tier type. I don't know if that's Brandon right. Jacobs. I feel like Brandon statistically, Jacobs. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Damon. Damon I think Steve Slayton. Hold on, Matt. Steve Slayton. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta stop for a second because Steve Slayton was my guy. That dude was my guy in West Virginia. I don't hear what anybody else says. But it didn't Pat, carry over on the pro. But, but, but hold on, but hold on. I pl- I played pickup football with this kid because he played. He he grew up in Pennsylvania. His mom worked with my stepmom, so he actually used to work out with me in the summers when I played football, right before I went to high school. 
And this dude, I, he was the fastest person I've ever seen in person, man. I will tell you that. Like this dude was like that his nickname, <laughs> his nickname in college was probably the fastest thing I'd ever seen. Like lightning or whatever. <laughs> Like Steve Slayton is the man. And the only reason he didn't succeed in the NFL is because he had to play behind Arian Foster. I think he was there before, right? I think Steve Slayton no. got drafted 07, 08. No, yeah, Arian but Foster Arian Foster was, was already there. Yeah. Really? Arian Foster was the starting running back of the I think of Steve the Slayton Texas was a chef drafted. now. Yeah. He played in the Canadian Football League for a couple he of did. years. He did. Oh, um, but I think, back to Matt's point, I think he has a point with LeGarrette Blunt because LeGarrette Blunt was an NFL rushing yards leader in like 2010, 11 for the Bucks with Josh Freeman. They made the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I don't think he's that off. And then he went on to be like an impact player on Super Bowl teams too. So I think LeGarrette Blunt does fall in that category. And he demolished the Colts. Every time we played against him, that may go for 200. Yeah, but even um, – what's his goddamn name? The dude that Brandon. got cut. And I always forget his damn name now. Um, God damn it. Dude that ran for 200 yards on his four touchdowns and got cut the following Monday. James White? James White? Nah, 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 nah. Oh, the, was he the Notre Dame back? It might have been. Um, oh, God. What was his name? Is that- what was this dude's name, bro? I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. Because oh there's God. three, there's like three New England Patriots running backs that did that to us on a three-year stretch. I'm telling you, bro, it was the craziest thing ever. And uh I just thought it was crazy that he just Jonas Gray. Jonas, Jonas Gray. Gray. Texas dude A&M. Just, dude just absolutely the most untorched fucking guy in the dude world. Dude just torched us and then got cut. Like Practice it was the most insane thing ever. So bro, we I don't really see. I didn't really see anything that any running back did against the Colts as a as a top tier thing. I what really it was was that what it was was that everybody for some reason had this no name player that they used against us, like Houston. Yeah. Kiku fucking Cootie for for no apparent oh. reason decides to go for a hundred plus yards against us and be the reason we lose. Cecil yeah. Shorts in Jacksonville used to do the same crap to us. Yes. Yeah, so Kevin Walter in Houston, that white slot receiver, used to just eat <laughs> us some pieces. Pittsburgh, yes. the whole roster. They always had some uh, practice squad guy. But then if we us. ever played the Facts. Falcons when we're like two, if we're a two win team, we play the Falcons and they have the God's roster, we'll still magically win. For some we reason, not only just win, but, but but we would destroy them. <laughs> like Nicole Jackson had two pick sixes against them. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? I'm pretty sure Greg Toller had a couple interceptions <laughs> against that team. Like Matt Ryan threw a couple picks. That Julio, Julio torched us his first game in the and league. they lost that game. I understand. We won. Like, like I, used to, I used to love. I used to love making fun of Titans fans because that because they kept sharing that the year they got Julio, and I'm like, bro. First of all, Julio is like ten years older than that that year that you guys are putting out, and, and we won. Week, they lost. <laughs> yeah, we won that game, so I don't care. I don't care if a player torches us. If we win, we win. You didn't do enough. <laughs> hey, Trev is hilarious for that. Got a blast, boys. Oh, Jimmy Neutron. That's how he did it. <laughs> <laughs> Got a blast, <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. But, yeah, there's, there's plenty of players that could be on this list. Um, that got left off this list. There's just so many names to go through. I mean, I could probably give you like 15 receivers. Just, just insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was an awesome show. Love the topic, Zach. 
Uh, appreciate you again, James, for coming on and, and uh, giving your bits and pieces uh, about the Colts and your thoughts on them. And then also everybody for putting that list together. Appreciate everybody that came in the view tonight. Also, everybody, uh, if you're not tracking, be here on Monday, 9 o'clock Eastern time. We're going to have a special guest of Jake Witt out of Indianapolis Colts offensive tackle slash tight end, I guess you could name him as. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we're going to use him as, but he's athletic enough to play both. Uh, Seventh round pick Jake Witt will be with us on Monday for about 30 minutes uh, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. Absolutely. So please be there. Tune in. Get to know our uh, last draft pick of the 2023 NFL draft. Yes, sir. Appreciate everybody coming out. Uh, James, appreciate you coming out. Zach, it's always good to see your beautiful face. You're right. I'm the beauty behind the show. He is. Hope hope to have you on Monday, beautiful. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's this crazy work schedule, bro. It's this crazy work schedule. Just just 30 minutes, brother. Solo layout. If I can make it happen. Hey. Hey. 50 greatest right here. No, get my ugly (laughs) mug off here. Get my ugly (laughs) mug off here. But, yeah, if my crazy – if my crazy work schedule works out, then yeah, I'll be on for at least 30 and then sleep for like a couple hours and get up and do it all over again. Sure. All right, everybody. Appreciate y'all coming out and it's always go Colts. He is going to drop the throw. Fires deep along the right sideline for Alec Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown. Touchdown. Alec Pierce spikes it into the end zone.